On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 f- games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito, pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game. DeVito, in relief, wins it for the Orange. They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing and a miss! is over. The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me wanna Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. And the celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know, there's validity in that opinion. Here's X-Men. Here on ESPN Radio, 97.7, 100.1, ESPN Radio, the Heard on 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, whatever you are doing. On the ESPN app, you can follow along that way. You can listen on the traditional radio, tickle your eardrums. The audio experience, the theater of the mind, the way that Marconi meant it to be. Welcome to this radio broadcast here on this FM station. Or you can take it up a notch. You can do what the kids are doing. Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Hello, Twitch friends. What you do is you log on to that, their website. And if you were on it last night, you saw a cool watch party with our friend Danny Shays, Nico Tamurian, my friend Jeff Herbert, reading lips from Syracuse.com. You see the Sportzilla program. They're off this week, but you usually see them. You see Orange Nation and this year's show right here. And when I say see the show, I mean you see the show. Like you see here into the inner sanctum. There is a live chat where you can opine on sports as much as you'd like. But wait, there's more. When the radio station here goes to commercial break, Twitch does not. Twitch remains open and free, and lots of discussions take place. The mics stay hot, baby. There's a big old sign on on the door, as a matter of fact, that says, Careful, microphone is always on. Because Brig Brother's watching, baby. So however you are taking in the show today, we greatly appreciate that. If you'd like to make yourself a part of it, uh, some terrific ways to do so. The traditional phone number is 437-7644. You can find me on Twitter, of course, where the party never stops. Brent Axe Media or in the Twitch chat, as mentioned. Always a fun time there. Mike Waters will join us. It's Review Mike Waters time. We've had some Preview Mike Waters discussions, including on some recent game days. Today we get Review Mike Waters time. The latest on bracketology, where Syracuse stands there. I mean, I think we know where they stand as of today, and that is they're nowhere near the bubble. Can they play their way back onto it? Not going to be easy, but it is possible. So we'll get Mike's update on that. Review last night's game, of course, as we're going to do throughout the show and all the latest headlines on the Syracuse basketball front. 
We'll go on the blind side. We'll do some hot takes and talk plenty of Syracuse basketball throughout the show with you. Uh, We should note here at the top of the program, we will uh, certainly keep our eyes on this. And if anything uh, good comes out of this, uh, anything bad comes out of this, anything that comes out of this period, we will keep you updated on it. And in case you are wondering what we're discussing here, if you have not heard, Tiger Woods was in a single car accident. This news just broke just about an hour ago. It was a single car rollover accident. The jaws of life had to be used to get him out of the vehicle. He is currently in surgery. He uh, suffered uh, what uh, ESPN is reporting is uh, multiple leg injuries. His agent also noted that. ESPN reporting Michael Eaves, a sports center anchor, has been told that they are not life threatening injuries. So that is certainly good news. But the, the car scene of the accident is pretty serious. The car is in really rough shape. It's off the road. It took place at 10, 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tiger was in Los Angeles, so that is 7, 12 um, Pacific Time. And as mentioned, a Tiger is in surgery now. That's what we know. Single car accident. He was the single occupant of the vehicle. He had to get surgery on his on what was described as uh, lower leg injuries. And Tiger has been through a number of injuries, as we have seen in recent years, the Achilles, the knee. He has fought through several back injuries and had several surgeries on top of what he had to get today, certainly unplanned, of course. Tiger was, um, there was a video of him and Dwayne Wade playing golf yesterday. Dwayne Wade put that on social media. Tiger was interviewed by Jim Nance this weekend. I don't want to get into a world of speculation here, but you know Tiger has had issues with pain pills. Tiger has had some incidents in his vehicle. Tiger has he has struggled with certain things. I, I certainly hope that's not the case. I believe alcohol was ruled out as a cause of the accident. Let's hope that that's not the case. But your mind kind of goes to how can a single car accident take place? There's lots of ways it can take place. But in Los Angeles, I didn't know if the weather was a factor. We'll find out. We're in the very early stages of this, but that's what we know right now. If anything else comes up here during the show, we'll certainly keep you updated on that. And we certainly wish Tiger and his family and everybody all the best. I mean, come on, 2020. And I know it's 2021, but 2020 was just a gut punch in so many different ways. And to hear about Tiger today, that's just, man, too many things in recent years have just kind of stopped you in your tracks. Like, what? But just just shows you life can happen at any moment, right? So uh, certainly all the best to Tiger. We will keep you updated if anything further comes out. But that is the most up-to-date information we have at this moment. On to matters of Syracuse basketball. Syracuse had an opportunity. Put aside net rankings, quad wins all the metrics, all the things that you have to check the boxes of. And I wrote this in my column today. The biggest test Syracuse failed last night was the eye test. Forget the quad one win, although that would have been nice to put in their back pocket and all the metrics that come with this. I mean, Syracuse was already up against it. Had they beaten Duke, certainly helps your cause, but they would have more work to do to get into the tournament. That does not change today. I think the most important thing from last night was the eye test. You're on ESPN, 7 o'clock game. College basketball really takes center stage this time of the year. Now, people certainly watch the NBA and other things, but, you know, football's in the rear view. We're not quite to some things that 
really take over the sports world. You know, college basketball is kind of it right now. People are starting to get ramped up for the tournament. The bubble watches on. So when you got Syracuse and Duke, certainly, of course, always brings eyeballs and brings more attention. And after the Jalen Johnson thing over the weekend, put an extra surge into that game. If you were a sports fan that's not emotionally connected to that, but you had probably seen or heard something about that over the weekend, you stopped on that game. ESPN is just a natural place sports fans go, oh, what's on tonight? What game am I seeing? And you landed on that game, and you landed on that game, and you see Syracuse just not playing well, down big, 15, 20, 25. I don't think it got 25, but you know what I'm saying. Like, you look at the score, it's like, whoa. So that's a hard thing to get around, I test. It's one thing if you lose to Duke by two or four, and you just, it's back and forth. Because there are human beings that make these decisions, and they have metrics they have to go by, right? But they also are humans that have perceptions on things. And if it comes down to Syracuse or another team, right, the eye test rules out here. The eye test is just as important. So they failed that. Jim Beheim was right about Jalen Johnson. And Duke being a better team without Jalen Johnson, there is no debate about that anymore. So I anticipate the Jay Billis apology tour on that one. Jay Billis saying that it was absurd that Duke's a better team without Jalen Johnson. I'm sorry, like, they are. <laughs> that, that is, there is no debate about that anymore. Jay Billis could be upset about the coded language that was used about Jalen Johnson and his camp and his posse and all that, and he's right to bring that up, but in terms of the opinion of Duke being a better basketball team with or without him, that debate's over. Just look at how that team has played, how the ball is distributed. Now, Syracuse, I think, helped out, particularly with their lack of defense last night, as we'll get into, but this time of the year, you you, you got one of two directions to go. You're either coming into form as a team, you're hitting your stride, you can smell the tournament. If you're a, a team at the upper echelon of the ACC, like a Virginia, a Florida State, a team like that, you're just kind of, you know, don't get hurt. Don't screw it up. Just kind of, you found what you're good at, exploit your strengths, hide your weaknesses, and go into the postseason as strong as you can be. There's really three categories. You're one of those teams. You're a team like Duke that, finally flipped a switch, figured it out, has found momentum, has found your way, playing with confidence. And then there's a team like Syracuse that's kind of stuck in that third spot. They know what they have to do to get to where they have to go. They just can't quite get there. Now, there are now they added a game to the schedule officially today. I'm sure most of you heard, but in case you did not, Clemson is now on the schedule. That is now the regular season finale. For Syracuse. So you got Georgia Tech Saturday. That's a quad one opportunity. North Carolina at the Dome on Monday. Again, another opportunity before a national television audience. We'll see what ranking that falls into, but Syracuse obviously really struggles with North Carolina. That has not changed. If anything, they might have dug themselves too deep of a hole to face a team like that, and Clemson is another matchup nightmare. So what Syracuse has put itself in the position to do is not only do they have to win out, but I think they've got to sway some people on the eye test because there are people out there, Joe Lenardi, on 
right after the game, saying Syracuse has played itself completely off the page. And it was strange to see Syracuse and Duke playing a game for their very tournament lives. But Duke is always going to win the perception game, particularly when they play that well. Jim Beheim said something after that game last night. So that that's what was on the line and, and what they have to dig out of. But, man, Jim Beheim said something last night where you're like, wait a minute. Say that again? Go back. If this was social media, like there'd be sirens next to this, right? Here's the clip. In the first half, we didn't guard the guards. I think in the second half, we guard them, and they made four, three. They, they each made four and three in the first half, and one didn't make any threes in the second half, and the other one made one. And somebody just said in the, in the locker room, I'm not going to talk about who, but one of the starters said, well, no, I didn't play defense in the first half. Well, at this stage of the season, um, I don't know. That That's something I can't understand. And you can tell Jim is even blown away by that. Right, and this is where it starts to get into, well, you're the coach, you got to motivate the team, and we, we can have that discussion. But, man, if you're not playing defense on February 23rd in the biggest game of the season on ESPN at Cameron Indoor, I know there wasn't fans there, that is a you problem. That is a Jim problem because he's the coach, and it all floats back to him in some way, shape, or form. But how could you – I am stunned by that. I am stunned to hear that. I mean, it's an honest admission from that player. Maybe that's their way of saying they didn't play good defense. But, look, you heard Jim call out particularly Quincy Garrier and Alan Griffin, and I want to get into that, and their lack of defense last night. But that is stunning that a player, A, would do that in that spot, and B, would admit that in earshot of the head coach. I, di- I didn't play defense. That is stunning. And it's not a good sign if you've got to rally the troops here. Now, I have seen Syracuse teams for the years. Remember that team that lost to DePaul, right? But that team had Jerry McNamara, right? Who is the guy that's going to hear that in that locker room and is going to say, what did you say? And they're going to punch a hole in a chalkboard, and they're going to say, that's unacceptable. And by the way, this is not just my opinion. Eric Dievendorf has said as much, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he has kind of sensed this in our pregame conversation about, like, who's the man, who's the player on this team that just takes command? And that's unacceptable. And by the way, I understand you've got a pretty short rotation here, but, boy, if, look, I don't want to get into the world of, well, if I'm the coach, but if I'm the coach, what did you just say? Yeah, you're not playing next game. Sit your butt down as much as I probably need you. You're not going to play defense in this game? And you say, well, that's on the coach. That's on the coach. No, no, no. That's on the player. If you can't motivate yourself to do your job and do what you got to do in that spot, and I understand, look, they're 18 to 22-year-olds and all this stuff you got to kind of throw into a conversation about college basketball. But that is unacceptable. Unacceptable. Defense was obviously just, I don't know what more to say. Half of the zone defense, and, you know, I'm going to play the clip here, but listen, much like rebounding, much like some other parts of the game, and I am very careful about questioning effort, okay? But what I can see is a team that doesn't have its hands up, a team that is missing rotations, a team that's one thing to be lost in the zone, not know where to be in the zone, but 
Can you honestly say, can you come out of that game from any standpoint and say that, man, that team just collapsed at the end of that? Now, it got out of hand, and when there's big leads, psychologically things tend to happen, right? But can you, and Syracuse did play better defense in the second half. I want to make that clear. But they dug themselves such a hole again that, man, once we get to a certain point, Did you really give it all you had? Well, I know the answer to that is no because of what Jim just said about that player. Like, all we can ask as fans is that you play hard. All that we can ask is, man, just give it what you got. Is that so much to ask against freaking Duke in a game you absolutely had to have? I didn't play defense? Like, I cannot comprehend that. Now, on the defense, here's another thing I'm having a hard time with today. Let's play a clip. There's no excuse. We're just not coming out and getting the movement we need to get on defense. And everybody wants to blame the guy. Trust me, it's got nothing to do with our guards. Our forwards are not playing defense. That's the best way I can say it. They're not. They're not covering. They're not coming up. They're not. They're just not. They're not playing defense. And some of it's the guards, but the majority of it is is in the forward position. We're. It's hard to see that when you don't know the defense and you don't know what we're trying to do. But this, trust me, these these two games we just had in the first half was forwards. We're playing the same defense in the second half. There's just more effort at it, and I think a couple guys are more interested in their offense, and you can't win. Listen, Jim is not wrong about the defense played by the forwards. If you watch that game, it was blatantly obvious. I just don't understand why he went out of his way again to absolve the guards of any blame. Nine of Duke's 13 three-pointers were from the free-throw line up. There's a shot chart that our good friend Jim CBW found. Put it, And I know this is radio, so it's tough for me to describe, but trust me. Go look at the shot chart. Go re-watch the game. To just say it's not the guards. No, Jim. It was the guards. It was everybody. I don't get... And... It's hard not to think here because of a certain guard why that's said, but I want to give the benefit of the doubt. But what what don't I understand? Explain this to me like I'm five, right? Like the zone, I'm not an expert on it, but I, I I'm gonna I had a former player text me last night and say, Come on, this is this is the zone, these are the basics of it. You can't completely absolve the guards. And my point here is you can't completely absolve anybody from that effort last night, from how that was played last night. Buddy Bayheim, I think, said the right thing in postgame, saying this is on all of us. It's a collective team effort. When the zone is, and I'm, I'm, this is my opinion, I don't want to paraphrase Buddy, but when the zone is at its best, everybody's in sync, everybody's moving, everybody's responsible. How can you defend Anybody on defense, right? Why go out of your way to absolve the guard position? Every Now, Kadari Richmond made some defensive plays. There were individual 
possessions and plays where defense was good, but I don't. I have a hard time with that. I really do. How do you walk in that post game and say that and go out of your way to say it? That may be the case in other games, but in that game, come on, no. Duke was making too many deep threes from the guard positions. Roach was making threes. Everybody was making threes last night. They made 13. 10 in the first half. Everybody's got to fall to blame there. Why would you separate one position and put all of it on another? And again, Garrier and Griffin were terrible defensively, if you want to analyze it. I'm not trying to be harsh here, but they were. Jim said it himself. If you watched the game, you saw it. So, man, these are concerning things. And I appreciate Jim's candor. I appreciate Jim's honesty. I like that he says what's on his mind. I don't want a coach that just goes up there and gives me the same five cliches. But, man, sometimes I hear Jim, and look, it's obvious, but sometimes you probably shouldn't say that to us. Right here I am, somebody in the media saying, don't give me that juicy soundbite. Don't give me that. There are certain things that should probably stay in the locker room. Like that comment, I'm kind of glad I know it because it's out there and it needs to be addressed. But that whole thing, if you hear a player say, I didn't play defense, you probably shouldn't tell us that, right? I mean, it was a week where and it was ridiculous what happened with the Jalen Johnson thing. But, man, sometimes you say something in a public forum that everybody can hear, you should probably keep that under your lip. But, you know, the other uh, the other side of that is we all saw it, right? And that, to me, is a number of things about this Syracuse basketball team right now. It's that great commercial that's out there, right? Where the guy teaches young people how not to be their parents, right? They're terrific commercials, and they go to the, the Home Depot-like store, and the guy with the blue hair walks. Yeah, I laugh every time I think about it. We all see it. We all see it. Well, that's his team. We all see it. But, man, why just step out of You don't understand the defense. No, I understand that Duke hit a lot of open three-pointers last night with guards, forward centers, and positions that haven't been invented yet with no one in their face. 437-7644, the phone number, Brent Dax Media on Twitter. The text line is 2880644. So, major lost opportunity last night. Now you're back squarely against the wall. Can What is it about this team that makes you think they can rally, win down the stretch, which they have to do? Two of them are at home, so that's somewhat of a feather in your cap. Win a, I don't know what the magic number in the ACC tournament is, but I would imagine it's at least a couple and then just kind of put your fate in the hands of the committee once again. There's no shame in losing to Duke. The way that they were playing, the kind of matchup that they are, a lot of people yesterday saying, I was one of them, by the way, thinking, yeah, toe-to-toe, I think Syracuse can beat this team. But, man, when Syracuse has played good teams this year in the ACC, that's just where they are. They're a middle-of-the-pack team in the league, but when they play a Virginia, they lose 81-58. When, look, they only lost to North Carolina, what was that, by six? I'll have to check the score to be sure. But that matchup was, and I think they're going to have a tough time again against Carolina because they just, Carolina's a rebounding machine. Clemson, that was never a game, right? But that's what you have to do. And if you're not playing defense at the rate you need to, not only effort-wise, but statistically, 
that's your identity most of the time. And you got players admitting in a locker room in the biggest game of the season that they didn't play defense in a half. Like, boy, that's that's why they pay you the big bucks to fix that. That's that's troubling. That's I'd be really concerned. Is it over? I can't say that because the way I got to get to a break here. But the way things have gone, if I'm drawing lines in the sand right now, that's going to come back to bite me. But it's that was pretty telling. That was that was some serious truth serum last night in a number of ways. Now let's get our update from our friend Lee Baldwin here on how the market went on this Tuesday. Lee, how are you, sir? Hey, Brent. Uh, give me a moment. I'm fluffing some pillows here on my couch. Fluffing the pillows. <laughs> you getting ready to take a nap? After from that a hard day's you work? Reference. <laughs> I got like. <laughs> <laughs> no fussing, no cussing, Lee. <laughs> um, I love it. Stock, stock staged a moral victory today. We were down pretty good uh, all morning, uh, but came back. So we were kind of unchanged, but we'll take that as a win <laughs> either, either way. Uh, Diamond, I'm going with Snapchat. That was up 11%. And uh, let's see, my dog, Riot Blockchain, that's down 24%. That uh, moves with the cryptocurrencies, which were down again today. So what exactly? What, what exactly is that? Riot? It's, it's a it sounds like a it's metal. A stock, uh, yeah, it sounds like a heavy metal like a, band. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were. I don't know what they sound like today down that much, but uh, <laughs> they're a proxy for trading in Bitcoin. So that's uh, gotcha. that's what the market players gotcha. use. Yes. Thank you, yeah. Lee. Appreciate it, sir. Right. Go fluff those pillows now. That's Lee Baldwin, ladies and gentlemen. You can find online a Zoom stop in, so you have all the diamonds and none of the dogs on your portfolio. Back after this. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio 97.7 at 100.1. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. That it is, voice man. Let's go right back to it at 437-7644. Appreciate these gentlemen waiting through the break. First, John in Liverpool on the block. Johnny, how are you? How you doing, kid? Just living the dream, my friend. How about you? Well... This team's been up and down all all year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they, and they had a very bad game, so it wouldn't surprise me at all if they came out and had a very good game and even won the Georgia Tech game that's coming up. It, you know, this team has been so up and down, but that's just the way they are. Now, on, on the game and really the whole year, to me, sums up in that first play that they threw that alley-oop alley -oop to that seven-footer. I said, oh, my God, here we go day. again. Exactly. You know? It, you know, start there, we, you work your way out. Now, not every team is built like that, but the model is there, even if you have an average player at that position. But if they've got an advantage, in it, that's what they're going to do. And why wouldn't you? Yeah. If, I, if I'm an opposing team and I sit down and I'm game planning for Syracuse, I'm like, well, I'm going to try that, right? Because it works. Yeah. Well, the decision that was made to put Marek at center with the hopes that we'd have a, a, a decent year where we could get on the bubble and make the tournament rather than playing one of these unknown guys and developing them for next year. Next year, to me, they got to go to some transfer portal and get some center. You can't be a good team if you don't have a center and you've chosen to develop nobody. So probably, hopefully maybe in the transfer portal they can get, they can get a center for next year because it's really uh, next year, they have no center for next year either. 
So, John, uh, before I let you go, I got to say this, and I'll, I'll respond to your comment there. I like that you call me kid because the gray patch on my head got a little bigger today. So, for somebody to refer to me as kid, it, it warms my heart. It, it really does. Atta boy. Atta boy. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Now, here's where I'll I'll, I'll defend Beheim slightly. Jesse Edwards has issues. I actually I think that's legit. Now, can Jesse play more? And we can have that discussion, but I, some of those issues, I think, have been apparent. And if he could help this team, he'd be out there. If Beheim was at the level where he felt he was playing well enough in practice, he'd be out there. Frank Anselm had a big setback, COVID-related issues, and you know, by the time he got back up and running, Jim mentioned something interesting last night that I think we forget. He's young. He's really young. And John Bull's been playing, but... Well, John Bull, here's what I'll give John Bull. He's very vocal. He's very active in the zone. I think you're seeing some improvement there, but is he a difference maker? Marek is productive in so many other ways that you almost do have to sacrifice what he can't do defensively, particularly in matchups, because of what he can do. So you're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place there. It's a fair criticism, though, to say, man, there's just too many projects at center. You need an impact player. So, yeah. The transfer market is there. There is the recruit. And I want to get this kid's name this kid's name correct here. So give me just one second here. The class of 2022 player that they are pursuing heavily. And look, if it's about playing time in the ACC and all these things you're out there selling, you know, Syracuse might be the best option for a player at that position. You got to look at it as an opportunity. Brandon Huntley Hatfield, 6'9", 230. He's got offers from all kinds of big-time players. He's a consensus top-10 player in that class. Syracuse got in a little late on him, but they're hard on him. Syracuse made his top six. That's a big, big commit if they can get him quite literally. But that's 2022, right? You still need a stopgap there. So either Jesse, Frank, John Bull develop to the point where they can help you or you're going to be doing this again. Now, the Barama thing, obviously, what can you do, right? The guy gets hurt in the first game, tried to work his way back, and just wasn't healthy enough to get out there. You did have a player. I mean, technically, you did have a center. It's just the injury knocked him back. Let's see what Pat and Syracuse thinks of 437-7644. Pat, did, by the way, did I see... That you're breaking appliances now. I mean, maybe you needed a new toaster anyway. But. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, look real real simple. The uh, door wasn't shutting anyways. It, it was there a long you story, go. but see, but, you're like my cat. My cat knew I needed a new window upstairs and just kind of finished the job. So I, I gotta I be it. honest. I'm it, totally with it. You. Definitely felt it. Definitely felt good to kick it to the curb today. <laughs> it, it, and and it, and it definitely when I when I set it down, yeah, absolutely. Well, there, here's there the thing, Pat. Vibe in that. Before you get to your basketball point, like I, I'm, I don't know if you've seen these stories. So there's there, these are real things. They're called rage rooms, right? And they fill rooms with like stuff like that, old appliances. And people go to these things, and they put all the safety equipment on, they grab a sledgehammer, and they smash stuff. It's like stress relief. So there's actually three of those opening up within the Syracuse area within a 15-mile radius over the next few months. So if this team keeps going downhill the way it is, a lot of fans are going to be booking that place up. I'm going to give you the two sides of the coin. The first side is, look, teams are 2-9, and 
on on Big Monday, c- coming off Saturday games. So we were kind of up against it. We don't play a bench anyways, so the legs are there, whatever. But here, look, I, I, I already know where you stand and you already know where I stand, but I just want to your listeners, this is, this is my deal with Kadari starting. Okay. If, if you're going up against a Miami, it's not crucial. They, they're, they're not a defensive, but the problem with this team, since I was talking about it earlier today, look, it's simple. This is the worst ball handling team we've had since it was Jerry and Josh and Louis McCrowski. Like, they are way below average for, for Syracuse standards on, on handling the ball. Now, Buddy's careful with it. So, if Jim's listening, Buddy is very, you know, he. Yeah, they don't turn it over. Uh, they don't turn he, it he over at the rate you would think. Right. On, yeah. on, on, on turnovers. But here's, here's the point. If you're getting into a defense that, that's going to force you to really run some good offense and, and not just have Alan Griffin shoot over people and stuff, you have to have Kadari in the game to start. Kadari is the most important player on offense and defense. And, Brent, I'm sorry. If you take 20 minutes, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, go look at the game logs for the last, even just this year. If you were to keep score, we are by far the worst team in the conference in the first 6-7 minutes. So for anybody, Mike or you or Jim or anybody to tell me what, what the stats are right there, and yes, I can attribute it to Kadari Griffin because when he comes in the game, guess what? The defense right away gets better, and he also creates – steals, he creates easier shots for other people when he's on offense. And I'll tell you what else he does. He'll he'll get Alan Griffin a better shot than Joe could, and now Alan Griffin's going to come back out on the other end. He's going to play defense. So, to me, like I, I, I don't even want to get into that. The, the other, now, other piece... With, with, now, let me address that. See, you and I are on the more on the same page than you think in that I think we're at the point... I've used the, the, the commercial analogy, right? We all see it. When the matchups are to your advantage, I think you do have to make that switch. And and we saw a small step towards that last night when Kadari started the second half, right? Now, I don't know why Jim's going to die on that hill, but here's my suggestion now. And playing time is precious to these guys, but I think Joe's got to know, like, I'm hurting the team, okay, more than I'm helping it. So do you go to to coach and say, look, can we just figure something out where I'm not hurting the team more than helping it? Let's put the guy out there that helps the team more. What's what's the Brent, solution to that? What you can do is say, look, Joe, we're gonna we're gonna make your job easier. Instead of you having to try to get your own and, and run the offense and and figure out, we're we're, we're gonna let, let you see what 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 you see. You're a smart guy, and then we're gonna let you pick your spot. And if Griffin's taking stupid shots, or God forbid, if Buddy goes over four and he actually thinks about taking him out first, um, you know, all all those things are coming to play. Joe, like Stephen Norser, you said it best. You have one point guard, one shooting guard, and one combo guard. Doesn't it make sense? I mean, to me, this is like Jim is just saying, this is my decision and damn the consequences. The, 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 and that's much my whole point about Jesse Edwards. Jesse Edwards might be the worst center in the conference, but he's going to make the four other players on the floor in the correct position. We have so many players playing out of position. Joe's not a point guard. He's not an ACC-level point guard. He never was, and he never will be. And it just infuriates me that we're Syracuse basketball, a top-seven program in the history of college basketball, and we are getting blown out by more teams at a higher margin than we ever have. And we have four players who are above average in the analytics in the history of Syracuse basketball. So that means they're not being put in the correct position. My, my last point about the coaches, if anybody listens to the assistant coaches, they will tell you point blank, it starts with defense and it starts with the guard. 
They've said it for 15 years. I talked to Mike Hawkins for seven, eight years on his show about the zone. So for Jim to come at me or come at any of the fans like it's a science product that's baloney, we know the rotations. We know they can change. It's very obvious who's the below average and, and, and who had an off night. Quincy had an off night because you're playing him a million minutes, and Griffin, he's either checked in or checked out, just like Roberson was. So you know what, Jim? Whatever it is, the bottom line is you – you hedged on an offensive lineup, and it's failed miserably. We're not even a top-10 offense in the league anymore. So, you, you, you know what? It is what it is. Pat and Syracuse, folks. I like how he knows he can speak directly to Jim on this show. We need to take a break. We will come back. Uh, we'll miss out on the blind side of the radio. Uh, apologize, I should say, to our radio friends. But that's why the Twitch experience is there. We will do the blind side on Twitch during the break. Stay right there.